This episode of Blaster Podcast is brought to you by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy the show. Haru scientists, before we begin the share, I want to give a few thank yous. First off, Keith Hand. Keith has edited the episode that you are about to hear. The episode you're about to hear was recorded back in November, and Keith has worked his audio magic and made it sound just wonderful. So thank you, Keith. Also, great big thank you to our two new Patreon patrons, Kevin Stulen and Puffy G. If you guys like listening to people play Dungeons and Dragons, check out Kevin's podcast called Pork and Fried Dice. Fried Dice. Available on SoundCloud and wherever SoundCloud is sold. Well, that's enough of my jabu-jabu. Enjoy the show! Gobble gobble, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to our very special episode 46 of a Blast Roll Podcast. My name is Dottore Bellordo, I'm a man of science, and here today in the pod chamber, we're going to be discussing something very important to you and me. No, it's not the election, it's genetically modified organisms. And here today, to speak about these genetically modified organisms, is a very dear friend of the show, Claire! Claire Friedman, welcome to Blaster Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Dottore. Of course, of course. Claire, you're a long-time listener, first-time guest. How are you liking being on Blaster Podcast thus far? Oh, so far, it's great. This is such a beautiful chamber. Thank you! Thank you, we varnished the varmints. You see how spick and span they are? Incredibly. How pristine! Yes, thank you so much for having me on the show. You're very welcome, Claire. Now, Claire, come in and know me better, man. Um, I'm sorry, can you repeat? Come, nope, I'm afraid <laughs> that's against the stipulations. Let me oh. rephrase it. Who, 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 Claire, who be ye, noble wanderant? Who be ye, noble wanderant? I am Claire Friedman. Um, I work on a lot of different things, one of which is that I am the manager of Cards Against Humanity's Chicago Podcast Cooperative. Uh, uh, I've heard of it. Yes, uh, which Blaster Podcast is a member of. Um, I also perform improv and sketch comedy around the city, do all sorts of jokes and stuff, and I make a lot of art, which you can go look at and buy and stuff on ClaireClaireClaire.com. No, ClaireClaireClaire.com, I would consider improv and podcasting art. I would as well. Okay, I do visual uh, art. I mean, they are ephemeral <laughs> arts, certainly. Ephemeral, indeed. They're very important because you must be there when they're being created, with the exception of podcasts. Mm -hmm. are, oh, I'm sorry. Am I bothering your telephone time? No, I'm sorry. Are you playing Pokemon Joe? Yes. You know what's Not funny? right now, but yes, in general. <laughs> when, when Sean Kelly was on Blaster Podcast, he kept on looking at his goddamn telephone. <laughs> and I said unto him, Sean, are you playing Pokemon Extreme? Uh, you know, just as a joke. And he said, no, is that out yet? 
And I said that, no, I don't, I don't know. And then Pokemon Go happened. And so now it's a legitimate thing that people could be doing on the telephones. <laughs> I do play a lot of Pokemon Go. <laughs> what level are you? 20. I'm 21. Oh, well. <laughs> it's really taking a toll out of my beautiful spherical form. Yeah. All this walking. Now I have a new goal to beat you. So hopefully by the time this comes out. Look, I don't mean to crush your genes, <laughs> but a lot of people try to beat Dottore. I'm on a hit list. <laughs> but the important thing, other than Pokemon Sakamon Go, have you heard of Sakamon, Claire? Nope. Sakamon are like Pokemon, but they exist in the real world. There's all sorts of interesting Sakamon out there for us to find and put in our Sakasaks. Aha. Uh -huh. Put a Hemplo, Boot, <laughs> Drifter, uh -huh. Cop. Uh-huh. There's all sorts of you. You have to catch them all. <laughs> what kind of sack do you use for that? A sack is sack. Got it. It's big. It's slightly porous, so water can get in if you have to drown mm -hmm. them. That checks out. Thank you. You know what else checks out? Today's topic. Mm. We're going to be discussing genetically modified organisms. Yes. Why? What's a snake for you? Um, honestly, a big reason that I wanted to talk about this topic has almost nothing to do with me. I come from a long line of farmers. How long is the line? Uh, as far back as there are historical records. My um, ancestors in Ireland like signed a treatise about how they weren't going to give up their farmland to Oliver Cromwell, and then they hid in trees and shot at the British. They hid in trees? Yes, they climbed up trees and they hid in them, and then um, all my relatives came over to America, some through Canada, because they didn't get in the first time they tried. They all came down <laughs> to like Iowa. like eHarmony. Sometimes yeah. they don't let you in. Yeah. If you answer the questions wrong about what you put in a sack. Right. I think. Um, don't but... put your emotions in a sack. Let them out. Share them with the world. <laughs> so they, they all came down to Iowa, which they will all refer to as uh, the best dirt in the world. Second Ireland. Yes. Ireland too. Um, my mom's side from Ireland. My dad's side from Germany. They were all farmers until the generation before my parents, pretty much. Uh, your grampnants? Yep. All of the gramps. All of the grands, all of the one hundred percent gramps. Yeah, one hundred percent gramps. And then some of some of my aunt and uncles still do farm, um, but that's always been a huge part of my life is is being a part of the Midwest and and being in that. Um, all my family except for me went to the University of Iowa. Pretty much, they're uh, on all their football helmets say ANF, which stands for America Needs Farmers. Oh, um, and so it's like even it, even if you're like not. In the agriculture industry, like I am obviously not, uh, I feel like a lot of that industry and like the discussion around it just kind of like seeps into your everyday conversation and people just like form strong opinions by being around it. Right. Like my idiot roommate is from the suburbs of Pittsburgh. Uh -huh. He doesn't know anything about steel making and the steel industry hasn't been part of the city for a long time. Mm -hmm. But he still feels yeah. the, the kinship, the zeitgeist right. with the men and women who works with their fingers and the molten iron <laughs> deep down in the forges and the crevices of the earth. Yes. He's part dwarf. That sounds right. Yeah. I've met Mark a couple times. <laughs> that sounds I'm right. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's a jerk. Don't he, tell him I said He is the jerk. <laughs> he is the, the prototype the template upon which other jerks are created. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Claire. Yes. Do you know what time it is? What time is it? It's time for learn. Whee! Claire. What are genetically mogwai organisms? 
Uh, well, GMOs are organisms that have had traits or characteristics specifically introduced or altered by methods of modern molecular and biological science. They th so that can be plants, that can be animals, that can be fungi. Not those are not biological, but otherwise, like anything that's alive can be genetically modified. And scientists can introduce new genetic material into GMOs or delete existing genetic material in order to produce specifically uh, intended new or altered traits. Okay, so when we use GMO, mm -hmm. talking about genetically modified orphans. Yes. And this means the scientists do something intentionally to the genetics of it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen by accident. Right. It is intentional. Right. Arch does not happen by accident, Claire. Right. It's a very postmodern interpretation of biology. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> are not allowed. No. You know, I look to a future where are allowed. Ah, uh, man, maybe someday. I hope that we find out that this whole time were alive. That would wouldn't that, that would be, be awful if we found out the had feelings. Man, and we've just been grinding them up to put on our. We yes, you know what? Yes, <laughs> that would be awful. We just carve them up to make. Let's get into this. What porpoise is there in genetically modulating living beings? Um, there are a bunch of different reasons that uh someone could genetically modify some sort of organism. So the first, and I think the one that a lot of people think of uh, when they're thinking about, like, you know, combining a monkey with a person is, I think, like, the scariest... I was hoping scariest... you were going to stop saying purse. Yeah, with a monkey with a purse. A monkey and a or purse like, is a kangaroo. You know, like, I don't know, like... Wow, yeah, you're right. But um, I'm a scientist! But, like... Putting an ear on the back of a mouse or something like that. Um, we did it's, that. It's we did do that, and it's, it's for like scientific research and medical uh, applications. So, uh, studying how to genetically modify a variety of different organisms allows scientists to better understand and explore new treatments for diseases. So, for example, Put as an ball. example, uh, in 2015, the FDA reported that the largest class of G animals is being developed for biofarm purposes. So, like, producing, like, milk that can be used uh, to, like, as medicine, effectively. So, producing, I don't know, we're talking about, like, man-made meat is another big thing that, like, they're working on right now. Though that kind of falls out of that same thing, but... Wait a minute, let me, uh, let me backtrack here. Yeah. Let me control-Z this for a moment. When you say biofarm, yeah. you mean farm with a pH. Farm with a pH, yes. Farm with a pH. Pharmaceutical, biofarming, pharmaceutical farming. So, so it's a, that's, that's using animals to create a chemical. Yeah, it's it's using organisms as little factories, little 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 cat. It like it's a cat, and there's a little factory inside of it, but it probably wouldn't be a cat. It would be like um, man, a goat. A goat. Yeah, I don't know if a goat like produced a protein that helped block um, some disease that will be invented in a hospital. Across the are country. you telling the future? I could be. Are, I don't know. are you I'm a very, prophet? I'm very scared of Marissa. Um, Who's and all Marissa? Related. Marissa is uh, my friend from high school. No, Marissa is uh, a drug resistant infection that can happen in hospitals, especially with people like overusing antibiotics. Oh, and, like, yeah. You know, like making diseases that are too strong to like be fought by our medicine. So it just like wreaks havoc. Super bugs. MRSA is just like a thing that you can get, but it's like I'm waiting for like a MRSA epidemic. I'm like so scared of it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, 
back to biofarming. Biofarming is basically utilizing all of these processes interior to an animal that, you know, nature has spent millennia and Willennia. The <laughs> nature has used millennia to create these just these crazy different ways of creating all these chemicals and these proteins and these weird things that we don't even know how they work, much less how they're made. And if we can harness that and utilize that for medicine. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I've heard of genetically modified goats producing a sort of spider silk in their milk. Oh my God, yes. I read about that too. It's pretty gross. It's really gross, but I, I'm like, cool. I don't want to drink silk milk, unless we're talking about vanilla soy milk. Yeah, we're talking about vanilla soy. So my idiot roommate, when he was much younger, used to combine whiskey and vanilla soy milk. Ew. He called it a silky. That's gross, It's dude. gross in, in every imaginable facet. Ew. It didn't taste too bad. Well, what is the goat silk used for? It's like super strong, like tensile rope, right? Basically. Yeah, I don't know exactly the correct application of that. I don't know if it's just to show that they can do it, <laughs> or if indeed the goat silk is being used for physical purposes. Maybe for sutures when mm. you gotta when you gotta stitch up one of your uh, patients, you know, that you've yeah. just filled with cork. Yeah. And you got to stitch them up real fast before the cops get there. Of course. Of course. Um, there, uh, I was also reading about uh, there's the strongest glue in the world um, is made by a toad. Ew. Like a, a, a toad that basically like secretes it and uses it to like stick insects. But it's like it's not toxic. It's it's uh, it'll it's biodegradable. Um, and so they're talking about trying to like mass produce that as well. Um, or like mass produce the frogs rather and like collect the secretions so they can use it as like medical stitching since it's a super, super, super strong glue. Hmm. Yeah. You know, an interesting thing you just said there, you said it's not toxic talking about the mm -hmm. toad glue. Um, and it made me think about poison darth frogs. Yes. It's interesting that something that is organic, something that is 100% natural could still be toxic mm. if it's like that's its natural thing. Exactly. A yeah, darth that's frog. true of so many things. It's like, yeah, anything can kill you. If it wants to. <laughs> Are you implying that if we just have the will, we can kill? Yes. You just have the willennium to kill anium. Kill, <laughs> kill anium. Pokemon Go. Yes. Um, but as far as uh, scientific and medical applications goes, there are also like much more kind of banal, common ones like modifying cells to produce uh, green fluorescent protein. GFP. 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 Uh, is a it, which immunologists use in their research to identify specific cells that they need to track, um, and just makes the whole process of uh, completing medical research and like you know watching oh this is going here like oh these this type of cell is growing in this way it makes that process a lot easier, and it enables those scientists to do their job a little bit better. Hmm. It's like when Batman puts a tracking beetle on the back of a car of the villain. It is exactly like that. Except it's if the beetle was a cell and the tracking apparatus was to make it go green. Mm -hmm. I believe in going green. Nice. As, as you should. I can't wait till Shamroff shakes happen. <laughs> they are the greenest. They are the greenest. Oh, boy. <laughs> what I, I love the uh, ground-up teeth that they're made out of. It makes me feel like I'm getting more calcium. What? Look, nah. you can kill anything if you put the will to it. You know what? I'm the one who said that. I can't dispute it. Yeah, welcome to Earth. <laughs> now, we've learned about GFPs. 
Yes. Are there many other applications other than to make the medical chemical? Uh, there are so many other applications. Uh, agricultural is the one that we kind of touched on earlier. So uh, GMO crops grow in 30 countries all around the world. They're crops created with traits intended to increase crop yield or deter pests or resist drought or boost nutrition or reduce farming expenses. So like there are all sorts of crops that are now resistant to Roundup, um, which kills weeds. It's a really strong weed killer. And so what you can do is if you have a normal crop, you have people going out with Roundup and they have to be really careful. They have to like spray only in certain parts so that they'll kill the weed but not the crop. But if you have these Roundup resistant crops, they can basically like shit out Roundup. Yeah, like spray the whole field. And instead of taking seven people, it takes one person. They can do it in a day, and they're done. Um, and then that hugely increases their crop yield while lowering their staff costs at the same time. Hmm. So that seems really good. It seems great. Yeah, it I seems can't wait great. to find out if anything could go wrong with that. Nothing can go wrong with that if you have the will. You know, if you have the will. We're like okay. a real Nietzsche type thing going on here. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's not the thing that's bad. It's the will behind it, which I think is kind of an interesting way to think about GMOs. It's intent, yes. as the court of law will tell you. It is intent. Um, and just to touch on really quickly before we kind of move back to that, there's a lot of other miscellaneous applications like cloning is one. Cloning rare or endangered or extinct organisms. Cloning. Whoa. You know there's a clone of me, Dottore. Really? There is. We don't see him too often because it's season two of Blaster Podcast. <laughs> but in the first 32 to 37 episodes, there was a clone <laughs> of me walking around. His name is Cool Detore. He's an exact clone of me, except he's oh, slightly cooler. I do remember Cool Detore. Cool Detore. Wow. Stuff. I haven't heard from Cool Detore in a long time. Yeah. He goes out clubbing like ha constantly. Huck. I think he went to Ibiza. I didn't even know that was a scene anymore. Really? See? Huh. Cloning. Yeah, novelty aesthetic, aesthetic reasons, novelty. Like, yeah, there have been a few art projects done what? using the same techniques. Yeah, by actually an uh, an artist who I think was at the time in residency at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, which is my alma mater. Huh. Um, he made a glowing bunny, and people were like, "Why'd you do that?" Yeah, people were like, "What the fuck? What are you doing this to this bunny?" And he was like, "Uh, well, it's not hurting it." And did you know? That this is what science is doing. That is pretty cool. But it's not usually to cute animals that you get to see. <laughs> yeah, they've made a lot of glowing critters. Yeah. Made there's, all sorts of them. There's one called like Gluppy in Asia, which is a glowing puppy. <gasps> oh, for like, oh, is that like a trendy puppy? Um, I don't, I think it was just like a proof of concept type deal. Uh, that makes me uncomfortable. Nah, well, it's not like Gluppy is being like... Uh, treated poorly. No, I know, but like... It's a dog like, in I'm, Asia. It's probably got a pretty good in comparison to some of its country dogs. Oh, I guess. But like, I don't know. I just I just see like little like K-pop fans with their fur-lined spacesuits and glowing puppies. I don't know. I just got like a like a vision of the future. Are you, are you are a prophet? I must be because like that I have... 100% certainty that that will be our future. Well, now let me ask you about this. <laughs> and on an ethical scale, is that much worse than how uh, we currently have designer dodges? 
No, I think that is a, that is a, just a new type of puppy mill. It's a glow in the dark puppy mill. <laughs> I think I had one of those when I was a little boy. Yikes! <laughs> the play school glow in the dark puppy mill. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Classic. You Classic. put the play doh in and you squeeze its hair out. Ugh, that's uh, that's just it's not even it's of course that's gonna happen. Of course that's, that's so what's upsetting. Gonna happen. That's so upsetting. <laughs> you know what else is upsetting? What? Examples of GM. <laughs> Uh, sure, I can I can come up with a couple examples. Um, let's do uh, golden rice. Golden rice. So uh, that's a biofortified rice that produces beta carotene. Do you know what that that's like the the source of vitamin A in like carrots. Carrot. 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 And all sorts of other different root vegetables, but it's not usually in rice that much. So they. Popped it into rice. They put a little carrot they right put in a little your carrot little right inside the rice. rice um, so they they used uh, inserted genes from a corn and from a bacterium, uh, and uh, to get more vitamin A into the rice, to get more vitamin A from the rice into the people eating it, including a bunch of kids, because vitamin A deficiency can cause blindness if you don't get enough of it. So they say, oh, you're not getting enough of it because this is all you're eating. Well, we'll at least like make you make sure that you get this from here. So it's kind of like how I will drink soft drinks that are infused with vitamins. <sighs> yeah, but it's <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I think that those aren't actually healthy. I think that this is pretty healthy. This is kind of like a nice use of genetically modified. It's not really changing the environment around it. Um, it's not owned by a company, which is a huge thing. It's being developed by a nonprofit, the International Rice Research Institute. Like the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. They have the same jobs. <laughs> oh, no. Do, um, you do rice manufacturing? Yes, we do rice manufacturing for, for indigenous populations. And for, fortune cookies. And fortune cookies now. You're right. Oh, boy. That's a... Oh, I got to go do more work on that. But... um. Yeah, uh, so golden rice, that's a way to get more vitamins into the, the mouths and stomachs and bodies of kids. Yeah, I'm all about getting more vitamins into the mouths and stomachs and bodies of kids. There you go. Uh, another one would be the rainbow papaya. Rainbow papaya. Rainbow papaya. What's a rainbow papaya? Um, that is a GMO resistant. What? Uh, yeah, to the papaya ring spot virus. Wait, oh. Which, so it contains the PRSVs. Papaya ring spot virus. Papaya ring spot virus. Yeah. A, a bad virus. I assume it infects le papaya. All sorts of things. Le papaya. Le papaya. Pa -pa -pa. Um, so it it, it uh, contains the coat protein gene of PRS PRSV. Um, and the coat protein gene is the gene that creates the protein which covers a virus's nucleic acid. Right. Because as we all know, viruses are perverts. Yeah. And they wear their little coats to cover up their proteins. Something like and that. And when they infect a cell, they remove their coats and they go, ha, 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 behold. And the poor little cell is overwhelmed. And then another virus comes in out of the cell. It gets lysosemed. It gets back, it gets virused. It gets phaged. It gets faded. There you go. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's exactly how it how it happens. Something Del, like that. Del Torme taught me always go with your third choice. <laughs> always. Um, but yeah, I mean that's been been used in Hawaii since 1998. So it's and, a papaya resistant to a particular virus. Yes, to a papaya specific virus to try and save the papaya. 
So that's kind of a conservation effort. Papaya is such a fun word to say. It's a little fun. Um, that's papaya. more like a conservation effort. Like imagine if we had had that when Dutch elm disease was, you know, destro- destroying all the American elms. We would have had so many more elves. Yeah. I and just, so many more Dutch. <laughs> so many more of both. Do you want to get into like the negative pieces of of uh, what can happen when those when those crops fall into the wrong hands? I sure do. But first, a bird from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Jack Fuel. If you are a jerk, get your fuel. If you're not a jerk, just chill out. Jerk Fuel, now available on PS4 and Scream. So, GMOs, genetically modifying different organisms can really help us. They can do a lot of positive things. There are also some really negative things. <laughs> what negative things? How good are we? I know. It's, it's science. Things have consequences. Science has consequences. Tasty consequences. So, one of the things I want to emphasize, one of the big fears about uh, genetically modified food in particular is people are really afraid that it's less healthy, that there are chemicals in it that will harm them. That's not true. It is effectively identical in every way um, to the food we eat, you know, on in any other case, you know, it is in a lot of cases probably better um, than some of the food that we eat and grow and can be can be grown in a safer and more sustainable way. The bigger issues, in my opinion, uh, have to do with the business of GMOs um, in particular. So it let's say um, a certain type of corn becomes a staple in a certain region. If it's genetically modified in a specific way, Monsanto or another big multinational corporation can own the rights to that food. They can say at any time, you know, the price now goes up or you can't sell this anymore or you cannot have the seeds for this year. Uh, there have been a couple cases even where, um, you know, pollination from a GMO field was blown over to another field that was not GMO. That farmer raised it. There's now this weird hybrid. They're like, what's going on? And the multinational corporation comes in and says, you stole our product because pollen blew over. And it's like, what? It, I didn't. No, like, why are you pollinating with your with your Franken food on my real food? And then it gets into this whole fight where it's like, this is the wind is guilty here. The, the wind, wind is the, is guilty the true party. criminal. I'm like, well, what are you doing? But it's like brought, brings into this whole litigating uh, process and it brings farmers into it who 99.9% of the time don't have a giant team of lawyers. Yeah, let's and, face it. I mean, I know it's a stereotype, but let's face it. Farmers are pretty bad in the courtroom. Yeah, farmers, not great. Um, That's not their job. That's not what they're there to do. They're there to farm, and suddenly they're getting screwed over uh, by this big multinational firm that has a million lawyers and doesn't care that the land's been in their family for 300 years, you know? No, I just, as a little asterisk, I want to say to the listeners who may not be familiar with Mothanto, uh, it is a it is a big biotech company, mm-hmm. uh, ostensibly a, uh, a a seed producing company, which makes special genetically modified seeds 
like the Roundup ready crops that are resistant to herbicides. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Monsanto is uh, nefarious for being litigious towards yes. farmations. I've got cousins that work for Monsanto. Um, and you know what? I don't have any problem with their R&D. Uh, I have a big problem with their legal department. <laughs> It's like, you know, they're working on like solving global food shortages and things like that. We're at a point like that was a big scare in the 70s is that we were going to just run out of food. We weren't going to be able to sustain our population. And so they said, you know, okay, let's do this and let's figure this out. Okay, we solved the food crisis. Now let's make a bunch of money from it. I don't think the food crisis is solved, Claire. I know it's not solved, but it. we are at a point where... It, it's a distribution problem instead of a growing problem. Mm. So if we can get all the food that... We need a Walter White in here to put it in some chicken cartridges. Yeah, something like sneak that. sneak it all around the state lines. Because uh, we have... That's the other weird thing about like the world as it is today is that we grow enough food to feed everybody, but we throw, especially in America, we throw a ton of it away. And so you know how do you get that food that we're literally just throwing out because it's a day past the expiration date or because it's not pretty and we get it to people who need it yeah hmm. i don't know i'm just a scientist <laughs> just a scientist we need some uh, supply chain logistics people for this one i don't know i don't know anything about that Ugh. um but yeah the so the other effect of that is we talked earlier about uh, roundup resistant. What? Sorry. Rounding up. Rounding up all the seeds. Round up. Round, Round up. down. I was talking about werewolves. Oh. Out of nowhere, I thought I heard a howl. It wasn't a howl. <laughs> uh, I mean, keep your door locked. That's honestly. I mean, I don't believe in werewolves. That's good, but I. So there are some people who don't believe in. The risks or benefits of GMOs. Really? And yet they are all extant in various different ways. Hey. Yeah. Are you a newfangled modern way of motorized conveyance? Because you're excellent at Segway. (laughs) (sighs) This show has taken its toll on me. (laughs) I'm sorry, Detore. Sorry, Dottore. I've never met him. All right. But if I find him, he All will right. pay. All right. Sorry. All right. Get out of here. I'm not getting out of the pod chamber. This is where I live and breathe. All right. It's a figure of speech. A figure of speech. Um. So we were talking earlier about things like Roundup Ready Seeds. Roundup Ready Seeds. Yes. Uh. So before farmers would have to uh spray around all of the crops that they wanted to keep with roundup to to kill weeds now they can just spray the whole thing and the crops will keep growing because they're resistant to roundup this causes issues in another way one of which is that one i mean the plants are now covered in roundup which you know we can deal um but this can impact a lot of other plants and animals that are trying to eat these things or grow around these things or are dependent on these things another way that aren't resistant to Roundup or they can be poisoned and die from Roundup. Think of birds. I'm thinking um, of them. Yeah, think about birds. Think about birds. Think about birds. Mm. I mean, that was the whole thing with DDT too is, you know, it got into the bugs and then it got into the birds and then it got into the 
shells being weakened and suddenly we have no more eagles. So we've we've put the cap on that, but this may be a whole new way of doing it. In addition, as the years go by, it gets less and less effective because suddenly there are these Roundup-resistant weeds. So it's like, okay, well, before at least we had a way to control the weeds. Now we have these crazy, strong, the MRSA of weeds. Oh, my God. All comes back around. Farmer's nightmare. Exactly. Um, that they can't kill with Roundup. They need to go back to basically the same technique that they were doing before, in addition to like coating everything they have in Roundup. They got to use their filthy mitts. Exactly. They got to pull them out. Pry them out of the earth. Yeah. So it's it's you know it's this arms race basically, where they're trying to stay ahead and they're trying to stay ahead. They're trying to stay ahead. Uh, and scientists have found some evidence. Also, how much? Some, some ish. All right. Uh, that transgenes, specifically ones that Monsanto artificially uh, inserted into genetically modified corn, which is a very, very, very popular crop that they've developed and is Roundup resistant and has been, you know, responsible for this huge boom in the corn industry. So they found that in local Mexican maize, which uh, could have happened a lot of ways. Uh, one of which is we had kind of talked about with the the farmer that was being litigated against because the pollen drifted over to the field next to it right the criminal wind yes carrying the criminal those wind. gametes from uh, corn so, to corn so that drifted over and the whole thing is they've always been like oh yeah these are going to be so isolated these are going to be by themselves like they're not going to affect anything else well of course they are because of that criminal wind it's nature finds a way yeah nature finds a way um and it and so now these are cross-pollinating and we don't know the kind of effects that those are going to have because big open farm fields are not closed ecosystems. They're going to spread and we don't know the ramifications of that yet. An ominous warning for future <laughs> generations. Yeah. No, I understand the, the part, also part of the problem with the maze mystery mm-hmm. is that that particular local crop, that strain of maize, was considered uh, not only like important for commercial value, mm-hmm. but also had a sort of cultural, cultural. Thank yeah. you, a cultural weight to it, and for it to be sullied by some sort of genetically modified monster maize was an insult mm-hmm. and an injury. Yes. Absolutely. And you know what? This this brings me back to I took a class in college um, that was effectively like a postmodern botany class. It was a great class. Pomobo. Yeah, Pomoboto. Um, taught, taught by an old British dude named Tim Allen. No relation. The Santa Claus? Uh, yes, the Santa Claus, Tim Allen. Um, no, it was a different Tim Allen with a funny name. Uh, but he talked a lot about like, if you want to know how to sustainably farm, look at how people have been doing it for thousands of years because they're doing it that way for a reason, even if they and you don't know what that reason is. You talking about the three-field system? Yeah, we're talking about the three-field system. three-field system? Yeah, we're talking about you got to have a corn, a soybean, and a fallow. You got to leave a fallow? Every year. You know what's up. <laughs> getting, we're getting futile. Yeah, man. Um, but that's true in so many different cultures. And so it's like this maze that's incredibly culturally important may have some other, you know, great importance 
down the line in the future. I don't know. We have, you know, all the Mormons have their huge seed bins in Utah um, where they're containing everything for the apocalypse just in case. That's and, where they are. Yeah, that's where we are. Um, Mormons live in Utah. <laughs> um, but it's the big worry with that, too, is are we needing to protect our food and protect our crops and 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 protect everything that's that's really indigenous and local to a certain population not because that individual crop is special but because the diversity of all the different crops are special and so we get into a real threat of monoculture where if there is a disease that can break through and and decimate or demolish this singular crop that's been developed by a corporation and that crop has been plastered across you know a huge swath of a country suddenly that country has no food for the season and they're fucked right so which is also yeah it's not just for humans it's not just for humans it's also for your food snuffs there was also the beginning of the movie interstellar which i know spoilers it was the beginning of the movie well i haven't even seen the beginning of the movie (laughs) it was the initial sequence yes we had a monoculture and the sun dried up yeah something like that yeah that's pretty close <laughs> and that that guy from magic mike was there mm-hmm. and he went on a spaceship all correct all exactly correct <sighs> you're a good guest claire yeah all the guests really go toe-to-toe with me on these facts quote-unquote facts they don't understand i'm a doctor of science yeah you got it i mean i feel like i feel like if you watch the movie and described it that way no difference. A lot of things happen in that movie. Who's to say? Yeah. yeah. It's art. Yeah. It's up to interpretation. Exactly. It's about the intention. It's about the intent. Getting back to that. Right? Yeah. Hmm. Um, overall, though, like we've said a lot of bad things, but a lot of the bad things, I think, have to do with kind of the people behind GMOs. Um, there's, there's, you know, all of this literature about like, yeah, it's going to cause allergies or like, it's going to alter human genes because something, but that's not the case. Like, you mean it's not a sci fi nightmare where we're going to become corn folk? I mean, so far, no. <laughs> like, who's to say what will happen in the future? But yeah, so far, uh, it's the scientific community has a pretty resounding consensus that it's okay. Um, you know, there's no harm in eating a tomato that has been genetically altered to resist a specific tomato blight there are a lot of other issues and i'm like no don't waste your energy talking about allergies like allergies that's a whole different discussion like focus on the business the business the evils behind the business yes old communist claire trying to destroy the virtues of capitalism that's me Hmm. we've talked about many of genetically off-grimized crops Mm-hmm. What about animals? Man, I feel like the the crops are so much bigger, but the animals are more fun to talk about. Animals are real sci-fi shit. Yeah, it's real sci-fi shit. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Okay, first fa- first off the bat, we got the Oxitech mosquito. Ooh, mosquito. Claire. Yeah. Why in the world would anyone want to mess with the genes of a mosquito? Oh, so many reasons. So in this in this instance. They engineered a genetically modified version of the male Aedes 
Aegypti. I think I got that right. Aedes Aegypti. Aedes Aegypti. A mosquito. Aedes Aegypti. Um, so what it does, they release all these males out into the world. They mate with the female mosquito. They yield offspring, which then die young. So that reduces mosquito populations, which reduce um, diseases like malaria and dengue fever and Zika, which I'm so scared of. Be- the, they reduce the diseases because these mosquitoes carry the diseases inside their bazadis. Exactly. And so that that feels like I wouldn't be surprised to hear that like the Gates Foundation was involved in that in some way because they're all about eradicating mosquitoes and things like that. And mosquitoes, let me think about this. What is this fun fact? Mosquitoes are the only animal to have killed more humans than humans. Whoa. Yeah. Wait, is God an animal? Is God an animal? Or is God a What if God was just a I would like God. I I would worship God. Yeah. God of Yeah. Uh, really so really good. Th- these mosquitoes, mm-hmm. they have little baby mosquitoes. Yes. Those babies die early. Yes. And I assume after that heartbreaking loss, after the that. mosquito parents are just bereft. Die of heartbreak. Yeah. It's, yeah. So we are inducing tragedies into the mosquito households of the world. You know what? I'm not mad about it. You're not mad about it? No, I hate mosquitoes. You're the opposite of Paul Reiser? Get out of here. But it's even like, I mean, all of those diseases they carry can be carried through other animal populations as well. And so it's like, yeah, get rid of a bunch of mosquitoes. I don't think that's going to. I think that that's been studied enough and researched enough that I think that that is a net benefit to the world. A net benning? A net benning fit. Hmm. So they destroy discretos through right. genetic modification. Thank so, you, Oxytech. So that's a little that's a little killing bug. That's how to kill a little bug. Let's talk about something bigger. Muscle pigs. Have you heard about these? Oh, I've been called a muscle pig in my early teens. Uh, I'm sure you were. I was into wrestling for my tuition. Okay, so a scientist named Jinsu Kim and a team of molecular biologists from Seoul National University created pigs that have more muscle tissue than normal. Okay, so the biologist studied like a real muscly breed of cattle called the Belgian Blue. Like, you're probably on a computer or on your phone right now. Look up a picture of a Belgian Blue. It's crazy. It's frightening. It's, it is the Hulk of cattle. It is literally the closest thing you will see on the planet Earth to a literal Hulk. And so it... <laughs> It mimicked their mutation that promotes growth um, and then made these big muscly pigs. And so their goal right now is to uh, sell the sperm of these genetically modified Uh. pigs in China, which is way more lax about GMO regulation, and then breed like super muscly pigs that will then produce a bunch more meat. So muscle equals meat. Muscle equals meat, yeah. It's lean meat, too. That's the other big thing. And then it's, you know, raising one pig with the amount of meat that two pigs would have with it being still really high quality meat. Hmm. So it like reduces. So there's an argument for sustainability there where it's like, oh, it uses fewer resources to make twice the amount of meat. That's right. You only need to buy one TV for that pig. Exactly. It's not a bunch of pigs watching their own separate TiVos. No, just uh, you can have four pigs gathered around one thing if they all want to watch UFC and Spike. But let's move on (laughs) to the horse of the sea. The horse salmon. of the sea, the salmon. Okay, let's get into this. The Aqua Advantage Salmon. That's my kind of toothpaste I wear. Yeah. On yeah, my teeth. Something like that. <laughs> what um, kind of toothpaste do you wear on your teeth? Uh, Probably crest whitening. 
Oh, does that deplete your teeth's natural uranium? Yeah, it. My boyfriend uses like sensitive teeth. Sensodyne. Yes, he uses Sensodyne. My idiot boyfriend, I mean roommate, also <laughs> uses Sensodyne. Yes. Because he has baby teeth. He does. Oh, the yeah, ice cream's so baby... cold on his little yeah, teeth. Yeah, he's got, he's got baby teeth. He's, got, he's allergic to everything. I have baby his, teeth his... in my lab. Don't ask why. Drink Bud Dry. Okay. What? Boyfriend's it's for making up. shamrock shakes, okay? All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've gotten back to... I don't think you're making shamrock shakes right, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making something shake. Back to salmon. The, yeah, the, the hearts and bodies of the children whose teeth you're pulling out. <laughs> the, okay, back to salmon. Back to salmon. Back to salmon. Back to salmon. Sam, so the Aqua Advantage salmon is a salmon that matures in 16 to 18 months rather than three years. So this fish was created 25 years ago. The FDA evaluated it and uh, has stated it as safe to eat as any non-genetically engineered Atlantic salmon and also as nutritious. Um, the FDA has also said this GMO will have no significant impact on the environment because of the manufacturer's containment policies, practice of breeding sterile animals, and land-based facilities. Obviously, that's not a perfect system. We know that. But over I've seen Jurassic Park. What? I've seen Jurassic Park. Exactly, right? Yeah, yeah. they learn how to use door handles. Right. And Unix system. Life finds a way. Thank you. Uh, and, but like, overfishing is such a huge issue right now. I I feel like yeah have have it all farm based have have it all just like fish farms make high rise fish farms for all I care <laughs> let the ocean take a break let the ocean breathe a little bit get its get its stock back up get we're gonna its be great out of deep tuna. monsters back right we're gonna be out of tuna in a few years if we don't stop at the rate that we're going have all the fishermen while they're taking a break have them clean up some of the garbage that's out there there's a whole ton of garbage in the sea. Let's like figure something out, figure out some deal where we say, hey, don't catch any fish. Catch some catch a tire. Yeah, catch, catch some tires. See what we can do to get that out of there. Um, I've got I've got no problem whatsoever with with farm fishing, especially if it if it leads to a more sustainable practice. But what if it consumes electrical energy and then we burn fossil fuels to create? Yeah, that's why you make a high rise fish farm. I'm, I don't know enough about this. Is it technique. like gravity-powered fish filters? Uh, yeah, gravity-powered fish filters, hydroponics-based filtration systems, solar-powered, solar, -powered, solar. Uh, temperature control. I'm all about it. I think we just need to move the Earth slightly closer to the sun to increase solar panel efficiency. I feel like we need to move a little bit away from the sun. Oh, boy. You're really holding back solar technology. Uh, I guess, but... It's ocean huggers like you. Trying to keep the trying to keep a, a big sun from getting its due in the lobbyist court, the, yeah. in the lobbyist arena. You figured me out, Dottore. <sighs> Throwing a lobster fest every other month with this one. Yeah, because you'll be able to boil lobsters in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that uh, C.S. Lewis, that Lewis Carroll story. Which one? The carpenter and the um, flarpenter. Yes, carpenter and the flarpenter. <laughs> That old tale. The carpenter and the larper? Yeah. Yeah, they dressed up as little clams. The and larp they... and the walrus. I heard the carpenter and the walrus was a metaphor for Jesus the Christ. Is it? They say it's a critical thing where, I forget exactly how Snorri goes, but something along the lines of they get they trick the clams to follow them and mm -hmm. then like throw them in a boil pot. In hot water? Yeah, I think the clams represent a congregation. Yeah. And the carpenter is... 
the carpenter. Uh, you can always keep him straight, but C.S. Lewis, love Jesus. Lewis Carroll, not so much. Hmm. Yeah, but they, but that's kind of an overview of GMOs. There's so much there's so much good information online, and there is also way more really bad information online. So I think this is kind of a hard one to to wade through. But there there's good information if you can find it. It's true. This is a great topic. People have a lot of strong feelings. Mm-hmm. It is a complicated issue. Mm-hmm. Cutting edge science. Dumb people. Evil corporations. Misunderstandings. Science fiction fears. Yes. Uh, world hunger. Yes. It is an epic drama. It really is. Of gross proportions. Disgusting proportions. Thank you. Blair. Mm-hmm. I have left my pocket watch upon the mantle. Do you happen to know what time it is? Uh, I think it's, it's about- time for plugs. It's time for plugs. It's time for plugs, not drugs, but plugs. Give me a hug. Don't. And the plugs. process is complete. Plugs. Plugs. Is this the refrain? I guess. Is this the popular Skrillex remix? I got startled. I thought you. I was looking at the clock. (laughs) (laughs) You know, many people fall into that trap. Yes. It's kind of like on Spontaneous Nation when Paul F. Tompkins does that mean thing to his guests. Yes. Same idea. Yeah. I did it before Spontaneous Nation had a show. Yeah, I really should have seen it coming. Should have seen it coming. Should have listened through to the plugs. I do, and I still... It's the same thing when Blurry Photos does puns. Half the time I don't see it coming. Mm. Those jerks. Anyway, anyway plugs. 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 Uh, Cl- Clara Friedman, what do you have to plug? Um, you know what? Uh, yes. The uh, when when we're recording this, I just put up um my website uh just a few days ago. So that's kind of the thing I'm most excited about now. So you can always see that at ClaireClaireClaire.com. ClaireClaireClaire.com. Yeah. So you can email me at Claire at ClaireClaireClaire.com. Uh, Oh, I'm, I'm I guess so. Not just with the repetition of the words. <laughs> um, I really. It's like a good it. thing your name isn't Beetlejuice, yeah, right? Then I would have to appear every time someone typed in my URL, or you'd be sent back to the Nether World, which is like hell. Right? Gross. Grace. Um. Claire, Claire, Claire. dot com. Claire, Claire, Claire. What is it that you? What is the purpose of this website? Uh, I have a bunch of uh, like paintings and drawings and stuff up there that you can buy. Or you can see projects that I've worked on so that you can hire me freelance. Or you can learn about like the things I do with the Chicago Podcast Cooperative as well. Claire Freelance. Claire Freelance. No, it's because you are a consummate performer. Mm-hmm. It is hard to remember that you're also a fanartist. Yes. I... A trained artist. Oh, I was about to ask if that was a fanartist with a PH or an F. <laughs> Well, do you grow chemicals inside your body like a little factory? Yes, I do. Well, then you're I a fanartist at a fanartist. pH. I'm a fanartist. But yeah, you can also see me perform all over the city. I do all Chicago? sorts of all sorts of Chicago. It's an international show called. All sorts of Chicago. Um I perform a lot at the shithole. Um <laughs> which, what? I know. Look, it's got a it's got a naughty name, but it's the best show in Chicago. Oh, um, I promise you that. But it changes location all the time, so if you ever want to go, is you it can affiliated with ISIS? It is in a few different places, but sometimes <laughs> it's in brand new places that it's only in once. Why it does it change locations so much? What's it hiding? Uh, that is a great question. Um, I think permitting is part of the answer. Permits in Chicago. 
difficult thing. Difficult for the, thing. So the yeah, young independent artist. They're just uh, they're just free house shows, pretty much. So they change houses. So the other reason they change is so the people who live at those houses cannot have a show at their house all the time. Right. Um, but yeah, they're really really great shows. In addition to that, I do a lot of other. Wait, I interrupted you. Yes. And I will interrupt you again to interrupt you about the interruption. I understand. How can someone find out about a shithole show from you? You can message me. Uh, They're always on Facebook. Um, They're often on Twitter. You can follow uh, their various accounts. You can follow them on Instagram. Uh, Or you can email me at the show I just, at the email address I just said. Claire at ClaireClaireClaire.com. Claire at ClaireClaireClaire.com. And I'll let you know the next time I'm up. Claire ClaireClaire. I feel like I'm going crazy when you say that. Um, but yeah, so that's, I perform and then I also do a monthly show, sometimes more than monthly called Your Stories with the Nerdalogs, uh, which records the third Sunday of every month at the Cards Against Humanity Theater at 1917 North Elston in Chicago. Um, in addition to that, I get booked on a lot of random stand-up showcases and stuff. You do stand-up comedy? A little bit. Um, I'm usually booked as like a break between stand-ups where I do like character sketch, but- Like solo? Yeah, solo sketch. Hopefully by the time this comes out, I will be doing more stand-up comedy. I need to like get my act together on it. But um, yeah, I think the best way to find out about those is by look, checking out my social media, following me on Twitter. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of uh, cool things happening with the Chicago Podcast Cooperative that will actually be happening a little bit after this podcast comes out. So go look at that as well, because I'm not sure I can talk about them yet. You're going to get a brand new science show, and Uh, Blaster Podcast will be replaced. Don't worry, listeners. No. It's going to be fine. But there's a whole bunch of different uh, festivals, basically, that we're working on creating and and building um, that will serve a few different purposes across the podcast community. So that is something that we're working hard on figuring out exactly what we want to do and how we want to do it. So I will have more information about that when this comes out. Awesome. I look forward to hearing the nudes. Claire, 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 do you have anything else to pug? Um, I think that's about it for me. Uh, yeah, just, uh, uh, look at my pictures and listen to my words and come see my jokes. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's about it. (laughs) And listen to all the shows on the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. It's my favorite project that I've ever done, Whoa. and it's very important to me. And you can listen to shows like Blaster Podcast or a million other ones that are on the network. Um, I love it a lot. It's uh, it's a really great way to support your local artists. It really is. Throw all your money at Chicago Podcast Cooperative, and I get to eat the table scraps that fall off of there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Claire, thank you for your pugs. I have plugs as well. If you like Blaster Podcast, please like us on Facebook. Please rate and review us on iTunes. We're also available on Stitcher if you don't have a Mashbook. Um, in addition to that, we have a Patreon. Uh, go to patreon.com slash blasterpodcast. Watch our funny video that we made. And we are very close to reaching our next goal in which I will get another gooder microphone. Do you not like the way this sounds? change it anyway thank you so much for listening to blaster podcast i appreciate your listenership um if you have questions for detore find me on twitter at ask detore claire thank you so much for being on the show thank you for having me detore me detore you detore <laughs> you detore too the blaster podcast theme song was composed by Stephen poon www.timecrashband.com Ah, you must be my eight o'clock. That's right, Doctor.
And your name is Bolnoz? That's right. Unusual name. I'm a kobold. Indeed. Now, what seems to be the problem? Well, Doctor, I just finished a long and arduous journey across the Atlantic. <coughs> I've run away from my employer, you see, and I think I've caught pneumonia. Fear not, my kobold friend. Here in the land of Bo, everyone receives smashing healthcare. The last doctor I knew also practiced smashing healthcare. There you are. Take one of those right away, and one every night for a week. Huh. What are these? Belordinol. What? Generic name. Brand name's a bit long. It's a medicine designed for kobold patients with unique risk factors. But what is it? Oh, it's a formulation of kobold-specific antibodies and... anus. What? It says right there on the bottle, bits of your own anus. What? Oh, and every pill has a microscopic MP3 player inside, which is body heat activated. There it goes. Attention, ingester! Thank you for purchasing another quality medicine from Blastro Podcast Pharmaceuticals. We hope you enjoy absorbing our latest product, known as Dottore's Tribute to Patrons Kevin Stulen and Puffy G, a punitive cocktail concocted mostly of your own mud tunnel. F*** you, Bolnaz. PM. I can't believe this. I'm so sorry. The PM formula will make you drowsy. Like blurry photos, blurry photos humorously sheds light 